hit the jewel, I got some goals. I sold a little weed, but I could never sell my soul. And when I'm in LA, you find me out in little toe. Come a vocal with my ramen, I'ma need another blow. Let's go. Hello, everybody. It's been a while. Um, yeah, in a while. <laughs> it's been that while. We've been yeah, keeping it's up. Been it's been, it's uh, been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. No, our traditional episode of the podcast, it's been like since November because we talked about the internal. But in the words of Cam Newton, we are back, back! on the MK Productions podcast. This is With episode. a normal episode. Yes. Not, we've, we've been noticing that we've had a lot of interviews done by our co-host, who I would like to introduce, Miss Flamingo. So, Kristen, you have been a busy, busy bunch on this podcast. What the hell have you been you doing? You can't see me, but I'm smiling because we have been on a roll, I must say. We are a hot ticket item, I sure. must say. Uh, we've had two interviews. Well, I should say amazing interviews. Our first one was with Kathy Bates with her film Home, which is now uh, playing still in some theaters and on digital. So you can go stream that. And then right. we also have a potential Oscar nominee called Tigers with uh, director Ronnie Shandell. And coming up, we have another major interview, which I can't spill the beans just yet, but please be on the lookout. It, it, the film is nominated for a couple Film Independent Spirit Awards. I can say that. So uh, if you want to take a guess, go look at the nominations on there. Yeah, so uh, the links for those two interviews done by Miss Flamenco herself will be available in the link in the description or wherever you're listening. But we got a special episode for you today. Today is episode, was it 62, 63? It is number 62. 62, yeah. We had a 60 episode. Woo, celebration, yay. But um, You can't see it without yeah. confetti. We always say, we always celebrate when it's a new episode. But yeah, let's roll that classic clip to like episode one. That was a good clip. All right, so um, today's show is going to be a little quick one. We're kind of tired. It's like 9 o'clock. But we've had a lot of, we've been busy. Mac and I have yeah, been a little been, busy. Yeah, I'm doing the 25 days of Christmas. And, that's and can I just say who I got to meet the other day? Who I'm still oh, yeah. tell, tell, um, dying for. Okay, yeah. so anybody who doesn't know me, I'm a huge, huge, huge Michael Buble fan. And I won a contest where I got to meet him and yeah. it was virtual and it was uh, through Pandora. All you had to do was just like enter this contest and somehow out of all, probably of many of the other people who entered the contest, I was one of the people who won. I was very excited, was not expecting to win, but I won, I got to talk to one of my idols and it was amazing. I loved it. I love Michael. He's been a huge part of my life. I'm still waiting to this day for him to sing the James Bond theme. I've been advocating that since I was 13 years old. And that was when I first became a huge fan of Michael and uh, I got to tell him that. So uh, uh, I doubt he's listening, but. <laughs> you should still get a podcast? He, he should have a podcast. He's on TikTok and he's really. But, I mean, did you. um? Did you tell him we, you do a podcast? No, you only had two minutes to talk to him. And I was just basically thanking him for like a, for all that he's done for me personally with oh. his career and all his music. So uh, he made a very nice young girl from Jersey happy. So uh, it was funny because I told him uh, when I was like the age of like when Justin Bieber was like becoming a thing like around like 2008. 2009 that's when i discovered michael buble and i was called michael bubble uh i'll have to tell you another story about that another time but yeah. uh, when 
I was that age, like I was in about seventh grade, and I was like, who's this Canadian? And they're like, I did my research, it's Michael Bublé. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was in this wonderment. Meanwhile, while all the girls were fangirling over Justin Bieber, that Canadian, I was fangirling over Michael Bublé. Aww. So uh, I even remember when uh, I went to his concert back when in like 2010, and I just, when he opened with Cry Me a River, which is like one of my favorite songs that he sings, I just started bawling because I was just like, oh my God. That was the only time I've ever cried at a concert, but like where I got to see somebody I love. <laughs> you leading all the famous people. Last, uh, earlier this year, you met M. Night Shyamalan, and you got Michael Booth oh, right now, freaking Kathy I Bates. <laughs> Ronnie Sandow, you've been on fire this year. A uh, little on the grill. Oh my God, don't say that again. That was so cringy. But anyway, yep. I'm just. I thought just, it sounded cool in my head. And then I, it, it, was, uh, it was terrible. On this episode today, we're going to just do some quick news stories that have been happening lately in the last time we did the regular episode. Then we're going to have a our topic for today will be Clifford, the big red dog, now on Paramount yes! Plus. We'll be giving our thoughts on that, and then we will wrap the show up with uh, what's going to be coming next and some box office support. So, without further ado, are you ready to start, Christian? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's get right into the news. This is CNN. All right, so the news for this week, I'm going to start off with a big one. So, Kristen, did you know uh, you are, are you an anime aficionado? No, but my boyfriend is. <laughs> well, was your boyfriend sad when Netflix announced uh, this past week that they were canceling the new Cowboy Bebop live action series after only one season? I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Well, he wasn't because uh, we did not watch Cowboy Bebop. We both even haven't even seen the original Cowboy Bebop. Get out. Yes. I know. I, I need to leave the I need to leave the studio, aka my room, shut the door <laughs> and just maybe just go sit down now and watch it. It's been on my watch list. For a very long time. And I just haven't seen it. I know a lot of the references. And I just haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I originally thought this was only going to be like a limited series. I didn't oh. even think, think it would way- be a spinoff. Or I watched. I watched. I actually ended up watching it actually. It and fine. what did you. Th- you thought it was fine? Yeah. I will say they, they tried. But it was just kind of like. Why did we need this as a live action? There's another live action anime series that's coming out to Netflix. I've saw it. No, we already did Death Note. We don't need another. No, they're doing a second. They actually are doing a second. Well, they're moving a little slow on it. So uh, we haven't heard any news about that. And I I thought I could have sworn I saw something earlier about an anime uh, that was coming out. Yeah, so. Oh, go ahead. I, I don't know what it is, but then again, I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, so, so I can't even tell with, you. Well, I, shouldn't say, I, no, wait. I shouldn't say I don't like anime, but I just don't follow it. <laughs> so, 
So with Cowboy Bebop, I think the reason Netflix canceled it is because it didn't really become like a smash hit like they intended to. Like it wasn't like a squid game popular like right off the bat. They were probably banking a lot of money on this. And even though it got like mixed reviews and everything, it's actually sitting at a 46% Rotten Tomatoes with a 6.7 out of 10 mm-hmm. on IMDb. It probably did it. Netflix is very like if you don't show results right away, they will not continue with it. For, that's why a lot of Netflix shows kind of get canceled. Which is why they need to start doing something with uh, Julie and the Phantoms. Everybody loves that show, and they haven't even renewed it yet. And meanwhile, they're canceling all these other shows. Where is Julie and the Phantoms? They want to do movies, that's why. Come on, Netflix. Let's get that Julie and the Phantoms. I need that second season. So what news you got for us? All right. Uh, Our first news is that Ben Schwartz has joined Universal's Dracula Refined. Redfield. Redfield. Sorry, I said it wrong. And who's playing Dracula? Uh, The wonderfully talented Nicolas Cage, our favorite on the show. You know we're excited. You know we're excited. Did you watch that trailer for the uh, film where he will be playing himself alongside Pedro Pascal for the unbelievably... Yeah, the yeah, un- you want to say it? The unbelievably, the unbearable weight of master talent. Yes. Did you like I it? I watched the show. Yes, but I got scared when I saw who the director was. It went, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous too, but I'm like, do you know what? I'm gonna go in because it's a just a love letter, obnoxious love letter to Nicolas Cage, and I'm just gonna enjoy the heck out of it and just be like, all right, maybe this is for what it is. Will it be good? I don't know, but uh, I'm sure it'll <laughs> be fun in some sort. If I'm not mistaken, is Ben Schwartz the voice of Sonic? He is the voice of Sonic. And speaking of Sonic, did you watch the second Sonic trailer? Uh, I did. I got excited. I I actually liked it. Mm. I was actually like impressed. I was like, I liked Knuckles. That's why. But um, yeah, um, this Dracula movie is looking really good. We're gonna have Nicholas Cage's Dracula. We're gonna have Nicholas Holt. Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman. Yeah, but that's in a different universe. But and for this film, we got Aquafina and Nicholas Hull all starring alongside Nicholas Cage. And now we're joining the team is Ben Schwartz. He even confirmed it on his Instagram. So, uh, you know, when the actor confirms it, it's official. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. I'm very excited to see that he's Ben Schwartz. You know, haven't known. He's like we said, he's in the Sonic film. He also stars starred alongside uh, Billy Crystal back for in the film Standing Up, Falling Down. And then he's also been in another series that is uh, a fan to many. He was on Parks and Rec, if you don't remember, Mac. I didn't watch Parks and Rec. You didn't watch Parks and Rec? Man, this is some old bullshit. I was 14. I was watching cartoons. Okay, you're telling me to get out. You need to get out for uh, not watching Parks and Rec. He was Gene Rialfo. I was watching regular show. Get out of here. So was Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec was great. You did not. You did not love Chris Pratt on the show or or Amy Poehler. That show was great. That's all I knew from it. That's it. Oh, man, Mac. All right. Next news story. All right. So next news story I got for you is that the new film, uh, Aaron Circuit film, uh, Being the Ricardos, is kind of getting um, okay reviews. I've seen that I think it's currently sitting at, over if I can do a little quick Google search. 
Uh, let's see. Being the Ricardos. I thought it was like 80 something. It's sitting at a 59% on Metacritic, a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 70- Okay, I wasn't far off on that. I probably got lower. That's why when and I last saw it. 7.1 and uh, 10 uh, on uh, IMDb. But uh, fun news story coming up is that Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem both tried to back out of the movie. Uh. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, Let's see. They said because they both grew up outside the United States, Kidman and Bardem weren't aware of I Love Lucy's immense popularity. Bardem said, when I really started digging into Desi Arnaz, the deeper I got, the more I knew how iconic the show was. It was like, shit. Kidman agreed, shit, what did we do? I got frightened. When they realized that they agreed to take it on, both actors called their aides to try to back out of the project suit producer Todd Black and sort of convince them to stay on board. So their fears were completely quelled and Kidman asked for more time to prepare for the role. When Kidman learned the film would go ahead as planned with no extra prep time, she realized, oh no, oh no, we actually have to do this. See, that was my kind of my, uh, like almost not my initial fear of it, but uh, the questioning of the casting, which relates to why, which most, a lot, which was most thought about for most people was why Nicole Kidman and why Javier Bardem, like, you know. Like you said, Emma Stone and Pedro Pascal. Yeah, and it just, it just didn't seem right, honestly, with their casting. And I'm just surprised for someone, for both, to be, both of them to be working in the industry and not realizing how big. Well, they, remember, they, they grew up outside of the United States. I get that, but it's like they're in Hollywood, and one of the biggest comedians of all time is Lucille Ball, and you know Nicole has dabbled into comedy before, and I'm just surprised she, you know, is not really familiar with any, not so much, not any of the work. I'm not going to criticize her, but uh, I'm just surprised that most people didn't even think about, you know, doing the extensive research before signing on to the project you know it you know i just feel like sometimes you need to do a little bit more research before you ultimately say yes to anything because it could turn out to be something that is disastrous or good you know most of the times it's good but you know where you end up in bad situations like you know yeah where your well, emotions are it's like this but I, I can't say for that because i haven't seen the film yet i'm sure it's i'm sure it's fine it looks but like I'm that. not. I know it'll I'm probably get award, it'll yeah. probably be like award season because you know Aaron Sorkin and the Academy loves to. Um, well, right saying, now like, I don't. He's not oh, like a bad. Ahead. He's not like a bad director or writer. It's just I think he's sometimes he can get a little pretentious with his name. All right, because right now I don't recall seeing it being nominated for any of like the Golden Globe stuff. Really. I, at least I think. Oh no, never mind. I take that back. It was okay. What so I, say? I this is how forgettable now it's kind of been. I guess at least from my end because I you know I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, but uh, maybe forgettable the movie is. But uh, Nicole has been nominated for best actress in a po- performance in an actress motion drama picture, and so is Javier Bardem. And then Aaron Sorkin, of course, is nominated for best screenplay. Shocking. Uh, so. Yeah, but what is your last news story before we move on? My last news story, which kind of relates to what we're going to be talking about today, uh, 
which is where a lot of big uh, films have been moving to the streaming platforms and in theaters. Uh, Jennifer Lopez's new upcoming movie, Marry Me, starring uh, Owen Wilson, will debut simultaneously in theaters and on Peacock. So no one's going to watch it. I mean, we had people go see, you know, Halloween Kills in theaters, but we also had people, uh, you know, stream Halloween Kills on Peacock. I didn't get to see uh, uh, Halloween Kills in theaters just because of just other stuff coming out and uh, my life. I just didn't get to see it as much as I really wanted to in theaters, but I was very happy that I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, because it was a shit show. Yeah, I was very... I, Very disappointed how it turned out. You have a uh, actually, I watched it on the Peacock. I did too. See, watch it on Peacock. I that's I I had Peacock for a month, then I canceled it. <laughs> Same because they only they screwed up that movie and they screwed up the WWE because WWE shooting on Peacock is terrible. Um. Yeah, I was like, I could see, like, I do, am I do I think this movie's gonna be bad? No, it's no. probably gonna be a standard rom com, but I think it's very ambitious now. But I think. Uh, they're playing it safe because the recent uh, spring of COVID uh, variant and COVID cases that are starting to rise in certain areas Mm -hmm. once again. So, um, you know, I guess to play it safe for now, it's not bad to release it in theaters and on Peacock at the same time because I figure they figure, okay, we'll just get back whatever you know, we'll take a risk on it because they were pushing this movie back for quite a while, a couple of times now. Yeah, but Warner Brothers is still going to do exclusive theaters, even though signs are pointing that maybe we should just stick to what you do. Well, I think it depends on the film. I think that's what it is overall. Yeah, I feel like, you know, but Batman, that one you have, they're pushing to go see in theaters, and I don't blame them for that. For something like a Marry Me, which I would also really like to see in a theater. I, I understand why they're also putting it on Peacock. But it's a numbers game, honestly, in the end of what is released. Mm-hmm. That's what it honestly is in the end. It's so hard to predict on what people may watch nowadays. So uh, you never know what the odds are when it comes to certain films. I mean, you know, look at, uh, you know, I feel like. I'm trying to think of which one was one of the most recent, you know, you know, viewed films. But like when Space Jam was released, I feel like the the streaming numbers were low on that. But I could be wrong. No one gave a shit. (laughs) No one cared about Space Jam too, honestly. Oh my god, Mac. But I I don't remember how they are. I mean, it's fun to go to theaters. So, but if you, I I, at this point, if you're gonna. Stream it both simultaneously. I do have no problem with it. Do I prefer learning? Do I prefer the theater experience more? Yes, but uh, all in all, I think in the end it depends on the film. Honestly, where it fits better. Yeah. But who knows? I feel like even a Marry Me could have done just as well on Netflix, but uh, I could see why that they're putting it now on uh, Peacock. So to get those ratings in again because i don't know how peacock is doing i you know for me to cancel it once after that i you don't have much else going for me it's bombing um but yeah if that's all it's the news stories bombing. Got, oh my God. If, if you have any news stories you leave them in the comments below or send it to mnk Productions podcast and credit you and give you a shout out for that but without further ado let us talk about the topic which is clifford the big red dog play the clifford theme song 
That was definitely not copyright at all out of the way. We're going to talk about the topic, which is Clifford's really big movie, which came out in 2004. Oh, wait. Whoops. Wrong Clifford movie. I mean, uh, Clifford, The Big Red Dog, which came out in 2021. It's directed by Walter Beck and is based on the book series of the same name and the TV series that came on PBS. And the book was made by Norman Birdwell and the film stars Jack Whitehall. Dave Darby Camp, Tony Hale, Sienna Guillory, David Allen, Russell Wong, Keenan Thompson, John Cleese. And uh, yeah, it's about Clifford the Big Red Dog. So first of all, I'm saying Clifford. Kristen, <laughs> what is your experience with the Big Red Dog? I love that. I was like, Clifford, wait, Kristen. <laughs> Clifton. Clifton. <laughs> yeah, what's your experience with Clifford the Big Red Dog, Clifton? Okay. Um, first of all, I should say I grew up with Clifford. It was probably like my favorite PBS show. I loved Clifford. I didn't really, I like, I understood Cyber Chase and Dragon Tales, but no, uh, knowing me, I was always a dog person. The minute my parents brought me home from the hospital when I was born, I was like, you know what? They're like, okay, this child is going to be a dog person and yep i am a dog person so seeing clifford and how giant he was and how lovable he was i just loved him and emily elizabeth and his adventures with the dogs and i was just like yeah i i like clifford (laughs) yeah um my experience with clifford uh definitely um we had cable, but uh, usually PBS was only people. If you didn't have cable, your parents didn't want uh, didn't want to buy you the good channels like Cartoon Network and everything. But I watched PBS from time to time. Miami Gale, Petro Rock, but Clifford was definitely the one that that stood out because I was just so captivated by a big ass dog who was red, and it was just like that's not possible. But why are you so cute and freaking? Did you read the books? Sorry, before no, I. Actually, Actually, no, I never actually read a Clifford book. I didn't even know it was. I knew you never I, read a Clifford book. Really? I didn't know. I didn't know it was a book until I was older, and I I never got my hands on a book. I could be wrong Gosh. though. I could. So don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. I could have read one, but I probably just don't remember it. I remember even reading them and renting them from my local library. <laughs> you sound like a PBS that's like this should be found at your local library. Well, it was. You could find them at your local library, and I read them, and I they were cute, and I used to read. There was one that I used to check out. I'm looking for it now, and it involved. Okay, I used to read the Halloween one a lot, and Clifford's Kitten. I remember reading that one. Clifford's Birthday Party and Clifford's Puppy Days, I remember. 
Clifford Count the Bubbles, I remember that one. Clifford's Thanksgiving Visit. Clifford the Firehouse Dog, I remember all, I'm remembering all these now. It's like, I used to, I used to really, I really liked Clifford when I was a child. I just had to go dog go, but uh, yeah. I had to go dog go. Same. Um, So this is actually the second movie Clifford had. The other one was Clifford's really big movie, which was the series finale of the um, animated show. But this is the first time we've seen the big red dog in uh, live action form. And uh, it was really terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of scary. But the film was was okay. The, the animated one? No, I mean this one. This one? Oh, the one we're talking about. I was, like, so yeah. lost for a second. I was like, wait, which one are you moving <laughs> yeah, this, on to? The 2004 movie was fun, but this was just okay. I knew, I kind of knew what I was expecting. And, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll you go and- I think it's a it's a safe, safe film. And it that's good part of what it is um directed by walt uh becker he was previously has directed uh you know the van wilder movie with one with uh ryan reynolds yeah and alvin and chipmunks the road chip so uh knowing what his previous work was i was like okay uh not impressed by that but uh and knowing he did old dogs and wild hogs i was like okay maybe this won't be as bad but i think this is a better work yet you know you gotta i actually really did like it it's fine i know for what it it. is because i had the dog and i enjoyed emily elizabeth and clifford and i do like jack whitehall a lot Mm -hmm. and uh knowing what he brought to the table which i'm still trying to understand why they decided to go with his uh american accent as opposed to his british accent because he's from the uk but then Mm -hmm. again emily elizabeth's mother is also from the UK, and they just decided, well, uh, Jack Whitehall, you're just gonna have an English accent, and though they explained it in the film mm-hmm. why he didn't have it. I you know, it's like it's oh, just talk naturally, Jack. No, it's it's funny because like he talked. I was like, I didn't know about him. I heard his name before. I didn't think he was British or anything. But when he did the fake British accent. To me, I'm like, you did that a little too well. Are you actually British? And I was like, oh, okay, that makes so much. Yeah, he uh, is a UK uh, actor and comedian. And I, if you enjoy Jack Whitehall, you're going to like him in this. He's This is a very safe role for him and, and, uh, and very safe film for a lot of these actors. You know, I enjoyed a, a majority of this. There's a lot of cameos and appearances, you know, from Keenan Thompson and Horatio Sands, and uh, Rosie Perez. Did you see Rosie Perez pop up? Yeah, that, that actually, that kind of shot me. What the hell are you doing in here? Freaking yeah, I was sister. not expecting my... that. I was just like, she's her character doesn't play a lot of purpose, but she just plays like a cameo. But I did love John Cleese. John Cleese, let me tell you, Mr. Bridwall, oh my God. he was That was so cute with him and Clifford. Yeah, I kind of like that. I was so cute. And like he, like... John Cleese is just magical. And when you look at John Cleese, you think of, like, a magic man. I think that. He is the magic man. Yeah. And I I just thought he was great in that film. And uh, uh, there's not much depth or anything to Clifford. It's, it's like, what you look at on Paramount Plus, and it's, like, Paw Patrol. And that's what it is. It's for young preschoolers and... It's doing well. I liked most of the scenes and the funny stuff was funny. I really liked, you know, the ball scene where they're in the park and, you know, Clifford, you know, attacks that that guy who's rolling around and wants to play fetch. I thought that was funny. 
Like, there's, like, simple moments to me that made me laugh. At least if I were a child watching this, I would be like, all right, this is funny. Because I've actually watched this film two or three times now. And Mm -hmm. I just enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I had it on twice to actually watch and then another time to watch in the background. And I would just, like, look up every now and a while because I knew, like, there was a part I really liked coming up. And I just liked what it did. It's simple enough. And that's what got me through it. It's not, and the script, even though, isn't that great either. It's, it's, it's simple. Like, like I'm telling you guys, it's simple. It's a simple, simple film for children. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just like, it did what it needed to do. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't going to reinvent the wheel. And I feel like that it being up here, Mount Plus, it it felt really long, even though it should have been short. Like, I think so. I thought, uh, you know, the, I think the villain aspect was a little, uh, yeah. And I could see Tony Hale being the villain, given the fact that Walter Becker casted him previously as the villain in the road chip film that I felt like that was pretty much the same character in that, you know, like in the last film in the road chip, he played like some kind of assistant or whatever. Like he was the David Cross character, you know, that film. But in this film, he's like the big tech money guy who just wants Clifford. (laughs) It's so, so you didn't dumb. play much of a difference. It's dumb, but it's like, okay. Like, I enjoyed mo- most of the stuff that was with Emily Elizabeth. Like, you know, if, like, you know, there could have been a way where they could have done it without the villain. Like, you know, it's like, you know, the sad part in the end is like, oh, no, maybe Clifford ate some chocolate and he has to go to the hospital. And then, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God, that's dark. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold your horses. I'm going to go somewhere with this. And then, you know, John Cleese, you know, is like, oh. I see Clifford sick, and then all of a sudden, it's like you got to show the magic and the love and how much more you love Clifford. Or it's not like, you know, where Emily had to grow to love Clifford, and maybe like Jack Whitehall brought Clifford in into Emily Elizabeth's life and not having to find John Cleese, you know, at this, you know, the stand or wherever the magic uh, tent was. Um, but, uh, yeah, speaking of the ending, uh, what did you think about their job that they that the uncle got where he's working at now? For the uh, illustrator? That Scholastic. To... Oh, yeah, because Scholastic is the one who... Uh, They're the publishers. It's the of publisher Clifford. of Clifford. And the head, of, thought... head of Scholastic, he actually passed away this year, so this movie's dedicated to him. Yeah, I did see that at the... Towards the end, they... I think there was, like, a... Yeah, uh, Richard Robinson. Or, yep. And uh, that which they dedicated to him, which was nice. I, I, ho- I hope he was able to see the film in advance... Yeah. So before he passed away, because that way he could give his word and blessing. So, so go one ahead. Thing I, one thing I want to ask you is, how what did you think Clifford looked? Because obviously, they're not going to spray paint a dog red and just have him walk around. They made a CGI dog, and in my opinion, it looked kind of terrifying. Um, you can tell very much it's CGI'd, but I kind of went along with it. Just something I was like, all right. I, I know what this is. I, I, I know what it is. I know what it's going for. And I did watch the behind the scenes of, the you know, the prop guy running around with Clifford. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty <laughs> funny. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is dope. You know, running did around. You, but good for him. Hopefully he got paid extra. I will say this movie kind of did make me cry in the beginning. I it did. Say, I, I love like, the I, opening. I was, 
I almost texted you like, damn it, why are we watching this movie? Yeah, <laughs> anything I, where a dog gets banded, I'm just like, oh, she, just cue the Sarah McLaughlin. Yes, I do have a dog. I have a wonderful doggie named Molly. He's my baby. So and I when you up with dogs. Did, did you think of Molly when you were watching Clifford? Just like, of course, I think of any dog, like like any dog who is left abandoned or strayed. I'm just like, I just immediately cry and just think of Sarah McLaughlin's in the arms of an angel, just starts playing right away in my head, and then I'm like, okay, I need to go and save that dog. Like I don't know, like even it's film related. I know it's like staged, but I feel like I need to go to the set, go back in time. And just be like, no, this is not happening. The dog is not being strayed like this on TV. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no, anything with a stray dog or just like a dog that's abandoned, it just breaks my heart or and because it'll make me cry. Because I'm like, oh, you are loved. That's all I can think of. I'm like, you're loved. I love you. Oh. I don't even <laughs> you, but you are um, loved. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely, they said that a sequel's in development. And what would you they like are. to see for a, a uh, Clifford 2? I don't, this is now the tricky part because I don't know what they're going to do with the Clifford 2. I heard that, uh, like, not heard, I, the news that broke it, I should say. The news broke it, and I was like, oh, they're working on Clifford 2? Great. I will probably watch it. And it makes sense because it did fairly well with the opening weekend of, like, 20-something million dollars opening at the box office and then also streaming simultaneously. Yeah, can, um, do we have numbers for that? How much it did on the Paramount Plus? No, but uh, they're not going to reveal that because Paramount does not do anything with numbers, at least uh, on my end, but uh, or knowing. But uh, uh, box office, you can see. You know, it made $62.10 million at the box office. 62. OK, I have 62.3, but, uh, you know, it's doing well. Yeah, it's actually it's sitting at a 53 percent around tomatoes, but a six point six. Out of 10 on um, freaking IMDb. I don't know. Maybe the sequel will actually have them go to Birdwell Island. They could. But uh, here's the other. That, uh, that I could see. Because right now the budget was for $64 million, So it'll definitely make. It'll break almost even. It'll make back what it was worth. No, I think it's um it's done. It's not any theaters anymore. They just take, it they is took it playing at some theaters in my local area still. So. There, it's not big. Yeah, they're still playing in some areas. It's not like crazy, but uh, they're they're still going with it, and you could still watch it on Paramount. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, if you do want to see Clifford, it's still out in theaters. You still have a chance. But uh, given what's coming out this coming weekend, it will uh, be destroyed. Oh yeah, God, yeah, that and uh, probably Matrix. But um, how would you rate Clifford the Good Life? What would your rating be? Uh. I give it a like a seven out of ten. It, I'd probably get like a five. Like I'm not. It wasn't like a freaking like bad film. No, I like, feel like uh, a lot of critics are taking this film out of proportion for what it is. I it's yeah, a, it's a ch- children's movie, and I was like seeing like what people were saying. And I'm like, okay, they're saying it's uninspired or whatever, and I'm like, no, I, at least I don't think so. It's very encouraging about love and acceptance and being different so you know which is what a lot of films do you know for children's films but for knowing what it is and its target audience it's it's a safe film so i I don't know i just don't see it but that's critics (laughs) 
Yeah, so I'm gonna give Clifford a five out of ten. But uh, what did you all think of Clifford? If you have any of your thoughts, leave them down in the comments below. We're question here. Did you grow up? What was your favorite? Also, what was your favorite PBS show? Mine had to be Fetch Rough Rough because that took place in Boston, and I always wanted to want that. What was yours? Did you have a favorite one besides Clifford? Uh, I did. I I watched more of the Disney if I wasn't watching PBS. So. It, I'll go with Dragon Tales because my sister really liked Dragon Tales a lot. I remember mm-hmm. like her having like the little stuffed toys, mm-hmm. and she loved the pink one. She liked the pink dragon, whatever. Which one was that Cassie. called? Cassie. And I remember being her. We were both Cassie, uh, the dragon, one year for Halloween because because it's Orc is the biggest, not so brave of heart. There's Cassie, so shy but so very smart. There's Zach and Lizzie, and their tales of fun because you know two heads are better than one. There you go. That was the year, though. That was, like, one of the last years where you could dress up like your child, the siblings, oh. the same thing. And that's what my mom did for us. So we were uh, Dragon Tales one year for Halloween. Aww. But let's start to wrap the show up. Play the Dragon Tales theme to get us to the Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales. Dragon Tales. It's almost time for Dragon Tales. Come along, take my hand. Let's all go to Dragonland. Let's all go to the outro. Let's go. And he wished on a dragon scale. And that's what started Dragon Tales. Around the room the dragons flew. But Ellie and Max knew what to do. They climbed on the backs of the dragon friends. Now the adventures never So we're gonna wrap it up. This is actually a really quick episode, but it was just a quickie episode. Just to keep you guys on your edge, eggs on your edge before you go. You know, might drop something else new. But first of all, we're gonna go over to some weekend box office numbers for the weekend of December tenth, December twelfth. So coming in at number ten, we got Venom: Let There Be Carnage. Venom. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Number nine, we have Dune. Eight, Christmas with the Chosen Messenger. Seven, it's Clifford the Big Red Dog. Number six, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. That movie was terrible. I watched it. Number five, Eternals. Number four, House of Gucci. Number three, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Number two, Encanto. And coming in at number one after its release is West Side Story, which is only making ten- and 10.5 million. And people already consider it a box office bomb. Yeah, it's not doing well. I feel like uh, most musicals nowadays, unless you're not streaming it, then you might. You're not doing it well. No. <laughs> um, but West Side Story was so good. It's my. It's probably going to be my favorite movie of the year, folks. Just a, yes, I did. And I loved it. I went to it Thursday, this past Thursday. And my sister and I, I was going to go see it by myself. And then my sister's like, oh, I kind of want to see this. Do you want to go? And I was like, absolutely. So uh, 
uh, we got two tickets and we both really liked it. And in fact, I just got the big book that they're selling right now of how they made the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I have a connection to this film because um, where I can reveal this now, uh, where I went to school was on a studio lot. And you can go this. You can search it. It's on Google. Mm. And uh, you can look up the studio. But it's called Steiner Studios. And where I went to school was where they filmed or where some of the production uh, was happening was at Steiner Studios. So where I was going to school was where they were working on uh, West Side Story. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, okay, I have a connection to this film knowing I went to school there. And at the same time, they were working on the film there. I thought that was really cool. And you can even see this on their website that uh, Steven has actually filmed at Steiner Studios in the past with, like, you know, Bridge of Spies and the Post. But I, I felt like a really nice connection to West Side Story. But I did love West Side Story regardless of that. And you'll see me probably talk about it at the end of the year when we talk, you know, our favorite films of the year later yeah, on. I still, I still gotta watch it because I'm starting to get into musicals now. Thank you, In the Heights. But um, um, it's uh better than In the Heights. I will say, out of all the musicals released this year, those were all the opening acts. West Side Story is like the op- is like the curtain down, send give it all the flowers. It's so good, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Check it out. But Kristen, what do we have upcoming for this show? Like, what the hell are we doing? All right. Upcoming next, folks, uh, our Christmas episode will be a watch along of the 2019 film Santa Girl, starring Jennifer Stone and Devin Werkheiser and Barry Brostick. So, if you haven't seen that film, it's on Netflix and is also available for free on YouTube, Pluto TV, Peacock. And Tubi. So you have plenty of ways to watch it. And you can watch it with us. Yeah. So that's our Christmas episode coming up. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. And you can watch. Enjoy a nice watch along with us. Get some Christmas cookies and a glass of milk or hot cocoa. And you can watch Santa Girl with us. And not Santa Baby. I, I felt like I said Santa Baby. But it's Santa Girl. Mm-hmm. So uh, that will be our next episode. Followed by another interview with another interview I can't disclose yet. But uh, Mac knows who it is. And uh, Mac, did you watch the film? That, uh, the... I have not gotten a chance yet because I have not got the screener. Oh, sh- you should have because the screener link is probably broken now. It's probably over. Yeah, they never sent me anything. So thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, no, Mac. No, all I right. Was, yeah. All right. All right. Anyways, going back to this. Uh, we also have our top 10 films of the year, which we'll, Mac and I will be discussing. And that episode will most likely be released uh, the first week of New Year's. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And then we'll just rock out 2022. Yeah. New year, more new stuff. Yeah. And we're going to be in one of those episodes. We might be giving we might do a Spider-Man episode. Give it some time to die down. Oh, right. We forgot about our possible spider-man during our christmas break so uh that's what we got coming up be on the lookout for new episodes link in the butt link in the description for the two interviews that kristen it sounded like you said i thought you were gonna say butt link in the butt yeah that link in the ass um (laughs) but um link in the description for the interviews that Kristen did with Kathy Bates and Ronnie Sandal. They were awesome interviews, which is great. So you can check them out over their playlist or 
new playlist you, you have on the show. If you guys listen, thank you. It's, we can't do this without your support and help. So please uh, share the word about the show and check out the interviews and listen to the show in any way you can. This show yeah. is possible without you. So thank you. On Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, iTunes, and uh, iHeartRadio podcast. But yeah, so everything else will be in the description below. And uh, yeah, you have any topic ideas, you can send it to us, leave it down in the comments below. You have any questions? Like that, might bring back questions soon. But for now, oh, wait, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the MNK Productions Podcast uh, Instagram page and follow Mac and I on Twitter at KFilmingo and Mac at Mac Movie Reviews. And oh, and me on Instagram at Miss Filmingo and Mac at Mac Movie Reviews on Instagram. Yep, links for everything will be in the bio below as usual. But for now, I've been Mac, this has been Kristen, and we see you all next time. Peace. Bye.